Dr. Tracy Brower is a sociologist studying work-life fulfillment, happiness, and the future of work. She's the author of two books, The Secrets to Happiness at Work and Bring Work to Life by Bringing Life to Work. Tracy, it is great to have you on the show today. Thank you. So great to be here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Give us the kind of, was it an aha moment or what was it that took you to this work? Yeah, I think it probably was a series of aha moments. That's a great way to think about it. We've got such a negative sort of narrative going on right now about work, like we can't have it all, we have to precariously balance everything, work is a grind, less work is always better. And I actually was having a different experience in terms of thinking, no, we really can have it all, maybe just not all at once. And work can be a place where we feel a sense of joy, where we feel a sense of fulfillment. That doesn't mean it's always easy because stretch and challenge are also part of joy and fulfillment. And I felt like it was just really important to explore that and talk about that and do more discovery around it. So this is interesting because in the entrepreneur hustle growth mind, happiness at work doesn't necessarily fit there. Do you have a contrary statement? Do you have a, actually it does? Or what is the answer to the CEO of the startup who says, I don't have time for this stuff? (laughs) Boy, that is always the response, right? Get me to the stuff that really matters. There is tremendous research on the benefits of engagement, happiness, joy, fulfillment. It pays us back from a business standpoint. When people are more joyful in their work, They give more effort, they perform better, they're more likely to stick around and you get greater retention, greater levels of even customer satisfaction. And so it's actually good for business to pay attention to this issue. It's also really good for people, like people tend to be more motivated, they tend to be more energized, they tend to be more physically healthy, which also pays you back in terms of people showing up and having the ability to give their best and in terms of healthcare costs. So it really is a business imperative. And it's also just really good in terms of thinking about an entrepreneur. What do you want? You want great energy. You want great innovation. You want great teamwork. You want people to be able to wear lots of hats and be flexible. And when they feel more fulfilled, all of those things tend to come together more powerfully. And I think it's not nirvana, right? It's not some utopian dream. We can create the conditions for happiness at work. That doesn't mean we're responsible for people's happiness. We all have responsibility for our own happiness, but it does mean we're responsible to create those conditions. And we can talk more about what those are. That's great. I like that. So what then that begs the question, what is happiness at work? Exactly. So one of the things that's really powerful in creating fulfillment and happiness and those experiences is purpose. Like when people feel connected to a bigger picture, we can unpack any of these. Another really big deal is connection. When we make sure people feel really connected and um, seen and critical in the work. A third piece is learning and stretch. When we give people stretch opportunities, that's huge. And I think that is a very big deal for entrepreneurs, right? Because 
entrepreneurs have a unique capability within the bounds of the business to give stretch opportunities. So stretch and learning is the third. Fourth is gratitude. Fifth is performance. So how do we create the conditions for people to perform at their best? Those are the five. Purpose, connection, learning, uh, gratitude, and purpose. I love that. I love that. I saw in your TED Talk, you said, we seek to repeat the things that make us feel great. People only do what they love. So we are a, in our work, we work with entrepreneurs in creating processes. How do you get people, and not just in our business, in any business, where there are processes to be followed? Are those elements are those the elements you're saying that get people to love their work? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's really important to distinguish between hedonistic happiness and happiness that's all about meaning, right? Happiness that's just about feeling good all the time is not long lasting. And it isn't the thing that will get us out of bed. Of course, we love to go on vacation or we love to, I don't know, go out on the weekend and have a great night. But but the thing that is really most impactful is when people have a sense of meaning and that gives them passion and purpose and creates that sort of love that makes them want to come back. So how do we really model the way toward giving people meaningful work, which doesn't mean easy work. It means work that we want to roll up our sleeves for, that we want to show up for, that we feel like our contribution is unique and important. Those are the ways that we can create meaning for people. And it also has a lot to do with an overlap, right? Think of a Venn diagram. If we can give people work that they really enjoy, not every bit of their work, not every bit of their day, their week, their jobs will be pure enjoyment, right? But if we can give them more of what they like to do, that's a big deal. And we can give them opportunities where they see more coming, right? What can I stretch for? What can I learn for? What can I challenge myself for? All of those are related to creating conditions for people to love what they're doing because it's got meaning and fulfillment and substance. That's great insight. I love the distinguishment between hedonistic happiness and actual meaningful happiness. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I was wondering, what do you see as the future of work, given that we're in the age of AI, chat, GPT, I'm going to lose my job, tech companies are hiring and firing like crazy, what does the future of work look like? Yeah, this is the $6 million question right now, right? First of all, we know from evidence that there is a talent shortage, which absolutely will continue. Every developed and developing country has a declining birth rate. So our need to attract and retain great talent will absolutely be with us for the rest of our careers. That is helpful as you think about AI. So right now we've got this vision of, ooh, we're going to have AI and it's going to change how we're working. And we've done a good job of saying what it's not, but we have yet to talk about what it is. So it's reasonable that people have a sense of fear about their jobs. And I love the mantra, AI isn't going to take your work. People who are using AI are going to take your work, right? So for us to 
adapt, adapt, test, experiment is really smart within boundaries of the right kinds of integrity and, and all of that. And it's really important that entrepreneurs are thinking about the best work experience that they can create. So AI is here. It's real. It will continue to be a factor, but we will also need people so much that AI won't probably outstrip that. Also, I absolutely believe that hybrid work is here to stay. So for us to think about, continue to think about flexible work models, but I also deeply believe that work is also taking on an expanded role. We have an epidemic of loneliness. We have an epidemic of well-being issues, mental health issues, and people are losing connection on a superficial basis. We don't talk to the barista anymore. We order on the app, right? But we still crave human connection. And work is a place where we can get that. And so the role of work is shifting and expanding in terms of its importance in our lives. And the experience of work will be fundamental to what people choose, where they choose to work, with whom, on what, giving what levels of effort. So it's worth it for entrepreneurs to really focus in this area. I love that. I want to shift the focus from the entrepreneurs to team members themselves, because I think there is sometimes this us versus them, and it's the responsibility of the other. Whereas what are the skills you see that team members and talent needs to have to really take responsibility of bringing their best selves to work? Oh my gosh, this is it. You said it. It's responsibility and obligation. I think we hear so much in the popular press about what am I going to get from work? If I show up, what are you going to give me? Do I get a free parking spot? Do I get, I don't know, free lunch? Do I get a new pony? But And, and those are fair questions because we humans prefer situations of reciprocity. You give something to me, I give something back. That tends to be the way human dynamics work. But in addition, we have an obligation to each other, right? Like when we show up, either virtually or face-to-face, when we show up for each other, when we bring our best, we are contributing to our colleagues. And we have an obligation and responsibility, not only to ourselves, but to other people as well in, in a healthy, constructive kind of way. So team members can really think about listening to each other, asking questions, being present, inviting others in to interesting work, asking people for their opinions, seeking diverse points of view, because a lot of times we're exposed to points of view that are similar, being empathetic, being supportive of each other. All of that within the context of work is really powerful stuff. And the thing that's really interesting is the number one way people learn is through watching other people, listening to other people, experiencing other people. And so we all have a huge influence on others more than we even realize. So regardless of our job title or how many people we have reporting to us, if any, we have a huge influence and we have a huge responsibility as team members and frankly, leaders, no matter what our uh, formal role is. Love that. Thank you. Okay, so we've spoken about the entrepreneur, we've spoken about team members. Now I'd like to shift the attention to yourself. What do you think has been the biggest key to your success? Oh, that's a really deep question, right? I think that 
curiosity and ongoing learning has been really important. We all have to adapt and adapt as things change, our lives change, our life stage changes, our interests change. And I think if we can stay curious and interested, stay interested in exploring what's this new area of interest that I might have that might lead me down a career path, who's this person that I'm meeting and being curious about them in order to be empathetic and learn from them. I think that curiosity has led me to really learning over time and seeking challenge over time. And that's been important. And I think we can generalize that to one of the things that tends to be correlated with happiness is that um, openness to learning, that willingness to take on new things, because happiness isn't in a constant state. It will ebb and flow. And we don't have to wait for all the conditions around us outside of ourselves to be right. We can absolutely take agency and feel empowered to seek learning opportunities, to make connections with people, to remind ourselves of our purpose, whatever small thing that is that we do well. So I think that agency and learning and curiosity are important. Yeah, I read an article on joy versus happiness. And the bottom line was basically like, you can still be joyful and experiencing frustration or be sad or but on the whole you're joyful because you have the sense of purpose versus the happiness which was described in that article as a fleeting emotion yeah yes uh, it's absolutely right it's a it's actually a myth that we are uh wise to chase happiness for its own sake if we chase happiness for its own sake it doesn't work because First of all, we're reminding ourselves what we don't have. Otherwise, why would we be chasing it? The alternative is gratitude for what we already have. And then when we chase happiness, it tends to be more self-centered. It tends to be all about what we want. And that's negatively correlated with happiness. More positively correlated is how are we contributing to others? How are we thinking about others' experience? How are we making a contribution? Those are all really validating And so those tend to be more long lasting rather than just looking for a flash in the pan. Gee whiz, I'm having a happy day every day, bonbons and butterflies, really looking for that longer lasting experience that we know will ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I love curiosity because I think that always keeps you hooked into engaged, that engagement. That's so key to work. Okay, to end off the show, I would like to know from you, what is the question that you have most top of mind Mm -hmm. at the moment that you keep thinking? Yeah, I guess the question I have most top of mind is how do we best get there together? Like, how do we support each other in getting there? I think that we're so polarized right now. And we're in this moment where we're more about disagreement and proving that we're right than we are about coming together and collaborating. And so I think our opportunity is to think, how will we get there together? Like we want to get to this other side where work is rewarding and work is engaging and we all TGIM, we wake up on a Monday morning, right? I know that's nirvana. It's never going to be quite that way. I am realistic about that. But I do think that we can be uh, very rigorous about how we support each other differently, how we allow for different points of view, how we allow for different experiences so we can get there together more powerfully. 
That's great. Thank you. Yes, I 100% agree. Anything else you think we need to know regarding future of work and happiness at work? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we can get there. I think that's the other thing, right? Like, leadership is fundamentally hopeful, right? We're talking about what we want next. We're setting goals. We're setting expectations. We're giving people feedback about where we're going. We're clarifying direction and purpose about where the organization is going and how people fit in. And so I really believe that we can get there in terms of creating great work, in terms of work that serves people and that serves performance and outcomes and business and all of the kinds of business results that we want and serving all of the stakeholders that we want. So I think that's a parting thought is we can get there. Let's be vigilant about doing that. Absolutely. Let's be conscious of how we invest our time and energy. Thank you, Tracy. So appreciate that. It's been a pleasure to host you on today's show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the conversation.